0: Glory to God. Amen. So good to see all of you here this morning. No, hey, Ethan would rather stay with Pastor Tony. That's a man after my own heart right there. Hallelujah. He'll wait till I start spitting and spewing, then he'll want out. Well, good morning again to you all, and I'm so glad that we're able to come this morning and hear a message from the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name I give you thanks, and I ask you, Lord, to get me out of the way. Holy Spirit, do the work that you've ordained to be done in all of us. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive, whatever it is that you have for us this morning. Father, no matter where we are with you, no matter where we are in our walk with you, Lord Jesus, I know that you will minister to us this morning. Father, open up what needs to be opened and closed, what needs to be closed. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to begin, you know, where we've been for a while, and, and I just want to ask you, after we start in this scripture, 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So now let me ask you all, and you don't have to say it out loud unless you really want to, how is your transformation going? How's it going? huh? How's the transformation going? See, because I don't know about you. Any of you familiar with that show, uh, Fixer Upper? Like that one, huh? I kind of like it, but I kind of don't, because Michelle gets too many good ideas. But if you're looking at a Fixer Upper, I I was broken, and, and the Lord called me. And He's been working on me ever since. And I'm, so, I'm a major fixer-upper, and He's still working on me. See, I'm still in this process of transformation, of being transformed image in his, into His image. Glory to glory. I'm not like I was, but I'm still not what I'm supposed to be. I'm working on it. Hallelujah. But see, this is the great thing. Oh, I love our God so much because He loves me so much that He doesn't leave me to work on it by myself. I'm His fixer-upper. Hallelujah. And and you know what? He doesn't get started with the project halfway and I say, "Oops." Nope. Or maybe nope. nope. He knows exactly what the end is going to look like. And he's with me every step of the way. Amen. Amen. All right. So, I might be the only fixer upper in here, so maybe this message is just for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Romans 8:14 says this, "For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear." But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Remember that word, Abba, this Aramaic. It really speaks to now not just being God our Father, but God our Dad. You know? You know, God is, is the one who we affectionately cry out to, who has an affection for us, and we have an affection for Him. He's just not our Father figure. He's just not a Father authority. He has affection for us, and we have affection for him. This is, speaks to a, a relationship. Are you with me? The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Do you see the glory? We're being transformed. We're being transformed and we're being, you know, we're moving from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. But now look at what we're reading in Romans. It's saying that, look, we may also be glorified together. We're going to be glorified. We're going to be glorified with Jesus and remember what we looked at in 1 John for the couple of weeks that we were looking at it we're going to be like him why? because we're going to look upon him we're going to see him as he is and we're going to be like he is so we're being transformed from glory to glory but look what it says in Romans if we suffer with him there's going to have to be some uh oh who'd I lose? uh oh if we suffer with him so now speaking of suffering Let's go back and let's look at our friend Job. Just for a little while. I'm going to read just a real quick one for you, and then we'll just kind of get get into this. And I know that that we're we're familiar with this story, so don't go to sleep on me. Let's just stay tight. There was a man in the land of Oots, it's ooze, it's Oots, 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 whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. See, that's the key. He feared God, and he shunned evil. He, he, he stayed away from evil. He tried to stay away from evil. And, and he had seven sons, and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. Very rich, y'all. And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of the feasting had run their course, that Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. So I'm going to pause here for a minute let's uh totally language this job fears god he, he 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 and he understands about sacrificing to the lord and he understands how he's getting his blessings but he also understands that his children may not have the same heart that he does and it's showing in by their partying and so he's saying you know in their partying and in their drinking you know it may be that that's showing that they don't have that heart, that they may curse God in their heart, or they may not, they may not, listen, shun evil like I do. So, I'm going to go ahead and make sure that I'm making sacrifices for them as well. Right Now, we know that that's, we're New Testament believers, and we know even back then, it didn't work that way. So now, we see also then that, There is a, at this point, it's that point, and I want to get into some of these details, so just forgive me, we're going to have to just go fast because then I'll keep you here all day and I know how much all of you love that. So, there's that appointed time when the angels appear before God to give their reports and the enemy of our soul appears before God to give his report and God says, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him. There's no one more righteous than he is. And the enemy says, yeah, sure he is. Because you've put a hedge of protection around him. You've protected, you've given, you're blessing his socks off and you've protected everything. You know, let, let me go ahead and, and, and change that situation and see, I'll get him to curse you to your face. So we know what happens. In one day, Job loses absolutely everything. Everything. I can't imagine that. See, and, and see, just me saying it just like that, I don't know that we really can understand the full weight of that. The, I'm getting a little buzzing. The full gravity of that might be the door. Uh, the full gravity of that. Can you imagine everything that you have being wiped out right now? Nothing. Everything you own, gone. Gone. Including your children I couldn't imagine having things and then losing my children and my grandchildren the things wouldn't even satisfy they couldn't satisfy couldn't come close isn't that correct so this man lost absolutely everything but even after all of that he says the Lord gives and the Lord takes away blessed be the name of the Lord he did not curse God he did not Loses integrity. So then, the enemy of our soul appears before God again, and God says, Hey, Job, have you considered him? There's still none righteous. Yeah, skin for skin. If you threaten a man's life, then he'd be willing to give everything and anything. So the Lord gave permission for his body to be touched, but not for his life to be taken. Now, so many of us are are so familiar with this, but I want you to just hang on. Please, pay attention. This man is, is, is struck with boils, it says, from the top of his head to the very soles of his feet. And he's, he's laying and he, he gets a broken pot shirt. He, he's broken and he's trying to scrape the boils off of himself. Can you imagine? His own wife, she now has lost everything as well. See, Job's wife gets a little bit, I think, of a bum rap. Somehow, uh, I'm not saying that she's righteous or anything like this. But imagine this: she's lost everything too. She's lost her children as well, and now she's seeing her 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 husband suffer dramatically. I mean, just really. How do you do? What do you do? Well, if you didn't have a relationship with the Lord, I mean, you're going to run to anywhere and anybody. But now, even. Those of us who have a relationship with the Lord, we've struggled with these things a time or two, haven't we? So hang on. See, we still live in this world. We still have trouble in this world. Uh, The enemy of our soul still attacks us, and there's such a thing as microbiology. It may not be because you're in sin. It may not be because the Lord is just testing you. It may be just because there's germs in the air. See, I'm not going to stand here and say to you, every time you get sick, it's a test from the Lord. Every time you get sick, it's because there's sin in your life. Could it be? Could be. But does it have to be? No. I am so sick and tired of everyone trying, being like Job's friends and trying to put condemnation where there should be no Condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. My brothers and sisters, she was experiencing great loss as well and now she sees her her husband suffering and she says, Curse your God, let him take you out so you don't have to suffer anymore. I don't know if that's what I would have said, but it happens. Have you ever received bad advice? Have you ever given bad advice? Sometimes it's better just to... And, and, and just, I'll pray with you, brother. God, have mercy. Sometimes that's all we need to do. Appeal to God and His mercy. He's loving, He's kind, He's merciful. Appeal to His mercy. So Job's friends go to him. Now 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 listen, Job finished just finished saying in that chapter, he says, Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Then his friends and the friends see him, and when they see him covered with these boils, they don't even recognize him. He's so disfigured from these boils and stuff. And th- their hearts are broken. They start tearing their clothes. They lay out with him a week, fasting and and gather around him. And so now after his friends arrive, I, I find it interesting. Then Job starts to speak. And he goes and he starts you know, make, and He starts really despising his own birth. Why was I even born? You know, so on and so forth. And I, I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but you, man, brothers and sisters, if it's been a long time since you've studied Job, study it. Don't read it, study it. But I love what he says. This is very revealing to us, I think, my brothers and sisters. In Job chapter 3, verses 25 and 26, this is what Job says at the end of his first uh, dialogue for the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest for trouble comes. My brothers and sisters i 'm here to tell you God has 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 dealt with us, God has messaged us over the last however many weeks. what is it that we 're looking at? what are we? dwelling upon because that my brothers and sisters is what's going to have the effect on us likewise if we're constantly fearing something that fear has an effect on our actions our activities how we think what we do come on now come on i know and you know some people and this in no way is meant to disparage anybody but I know some people that will take stacks of... Sta- and I take vitamins. I want, I'm telling you, I take some vitamins and supplements. But I know people that just absolutely stacks of vitamins and everything. And the, and the idea is they want to remain healthy. I'm not being critical of that. That's fine. That's everybody's business. But But what I'm saying, though, is there's this... Fear of death or fear of you know, uh, what the next disease might be or what the next ailment might be. So it causes us to take some kind of action or activity. Am I right? Okay. So, so even in our, our culture and our society, we see, and as innocuous as these things seem as examples, hear my heart. You know, when we send our children out to ride on bicycles and things of that nature, we'll put a helmet on their head. Put, now, when I was a kid, we just went out and played. I'm not saying bad or good or whatever. We just went out and played. You know, you get a few bumps, you get a few bruises, you don't do that no more. Now, wrap them up in bubble wrap and send them out to play. I'm not being critical. But but the point being, because we fear an outcome, it causes us to take certain actions and activities. Are, Are you with me? Okay, so Job we see that part of Job's motivation for making sacrifices and doing the right thing was because he wanted things and he, wanted, and he had fear of certain issues. So a lot of the worship of God was not strictly just for fear of God, but for fear of other things. Am I taking great latitude here? No, I'm not. He said it. That which I have feared has come upon me. That which I dreaded is here. But I love, you know, he had his three friends, and then this younger man, Elihu, uh, he 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 shows up and he speaks, man. He preaches it. He tells them they're all wrong. He said, "I shut up for a long time because you guys are older and I'm younger. You're supposed to be wiser than I am, but man, you guys are talking junk. This Tony language, guest, Tony language. You guys are you guys are talking. You don't even know what you're talking about." But then he tells things to Job, and he says it right. I'm going to read to you just a little bit. 33, 8 through 12. Here's what it says. Surely you have spoken in my hearing and I have heard the sound of your words saying I am pure without transgression. I am innocent and there is no iniquity in me. Yet he finds occasion against me. He counts me as his enemy. See, that's Elihu saying what Job has said in in, in, in some of Job's dialogues as he's addressing his friends and he's defending himself. He's defending himself and at the same time saying I'm right. God is wrong. I'm right. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. There's no iniquity in me. There's none righteous. No, not one. Not according to Job. He's righteous. Yeah, but God said he was righteous. You know, God said he's in right standing with me. He's, there's, there's, a, there's something here between him and me. He's doing what he knows to do. He's not always doing it for the right reasons. But he's doing what he knows to do. Right? Come on now. I'm going to read to you. Please pay attention. I know you think, please please. This, I, I love this and hopefully it will mean something to you as it has meant to me. This is out of Job uh, 35. I'm going to begin in verse 1. And this is Elihu as he, yes, he's addressing Job. Do you think this is right? Do you say my righteousness is more than God's? For you say, "What advantage will it be to you? What profit shall I have more than if I had sinned? See what Job is saying, if I went out there and I did what I was supposed to do, if I regarded the wickedness or I regarded iniquity, what would have be been the difference? Come on, I will answer you and your companions with you. Look to the heavens and see, and behold the clouds. they are higher than you. If you sin, what do you accomplish against him? What do you, how do you harm God if you sin? Or if, you trans, if your transgressions are multiplied, what do you do to him? What does that mean to him? If you are righteous, what do you give him? What does God gain when you do the right thing? Nothing. You do, he doesn't. Are you with me? Or what does he receive from your hand? What does God receive from your hand? What can I give God that he doesn't already have? And look, uh, I'm about to let it go. I know what I'm supposed to give him. Me. Me. And God could have me snap of the finger if he wanted me to be his robot. But God is love. Love has to have a choice. Otherwise, it's not love. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, I could just let it go right now but I'm not going to. <laughs> if you're right if if you are righteous what do you give him or what does he receive from your hand your wickedness affects a man such as you and your righteousness a son of a man see the righteousness and the wickedness doesn't change who he is it changes you right. has an effect on you verse 9 watch this because of the multitude of oppressions they cry out see when we're oppressed Human beings, when we're experiencing difficulties, then we're crying out to God. They cry out for help because of the arm of the mighty. But no one says, where is my maker who gives me songs in the night? Who, see? But when, listen, when things are great, we're not as apt to cry out to Him, praising Him. Come on now, you know it's true. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit there. So, there's this back and forth that had already gone on. And Elihu, Elihu he, he, he gives it straight up. This young man had wisdom from God and he teaches all of them, including Job. But then God shows up in a whirlwind and we know what it says. But God speaks to him. He says, the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Excuse me, this is Job 38. And said, who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Tony language. Who is this that's talking junk? They don't even know what they're talking about. That's everyday language. That's what God's saying. Who is talking they don't even know what they're talking about? Who is this that's speaking stuff? You don't even know what you're saying. You You have no clue. You have no knowledge to back this up. Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measures? God gets a little sarcastic here. Surely you know. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, we know the whole tone and tenor here. But I like further down, as, as God is, is taking Job to school, as God is <laughs> revealing himself to Job, then Job in chapter 40 says a mouthful. But answer, Job answers the Lord and says to him, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand over my mouth once I have spoken, but I will not answer yes twice. But I, I will proceed no further. I'm not going to shut up without saying anything. That's a different one. We're to, coming up on that one right now. That's the good one. She's doing good. Thank you, Nyla. But 40 and 42. There's, you know, 40. You know, plus two is 42. But look at 42 together. As God continues to go on, Job, this is, this is the, where the rubber meets the road here. I know that you can do everything. That no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Who is this that don't know what he's talking about? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said I will question you, and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Watch. Now my eye sees you. Now I see you. Now I understand the spiritual aspect of what's going on here. I understand. Yes, you're the one that is providing me my blessings. I understand all that, but it's not, just like King David said, if it was sacrifice you wanted, I'd pile them up on you. But it's the heart. It's the inner person. It's my worship of you just because of who you are. It's love. It's recognizing you're blessing me because you love me. And I want to bless you because I love you. Come on. Now I see you with my eyes. Now I see you and I understand. Through his troubles, Job really, he questioned God, but he never cursed God. He questioned him. He had issues. Right? He never chose to go a different path. This doesn't work. I'm going to go see the local witch doctor. I'm going to get healed of these boils. And then I'm going to do something else. Never. I am in trouble my righteousness serving God. I'm going to continue in this. I don't know why he's doing this. I don't know what's going on. You know, if I were a sinner, it would have been different. Maybe it would have been better for me not to be born. Can anybody relate to any of this? Come on now. Let's be honest. Can anybody relate to any of this? It's not going well. Or, you know, I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired. The pressure is coming from every side. I'm being pressed. It's not supposed to be like this. But we're changing from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. And we will, we will experience, we will be glorified like Him if we suffer with Him. Come on now. See, Job had to be taken to a different place. Let's go to Romans in, in beginning in 5 and, in the second part of verse 3. But we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who is giving, who has been given to us. But brothers and sisters, you see, the, there's this connection here. See, we're being, we're being, we should be, we glory in tribulations. Why? Because no, this, these tribulations, these troubles, these issues that we're having to live life through, like our brother Job, it's causing us to go to a different place with God. It's causing. We got to keep our integrity, just like Job did. We can't say, "Oh, I'm 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 through trying this. I'm going to do something different now, or I'm going to go back to the way I used to be, or I know there's this person, that person, this religion, that religion, this insight, that insight. I'm going to read my horoscope. I'm going to do something totally different. I'm hang out with different people. I'm going no. Hang on to God because God is transforming you and look at what he's, he's just telling us these troubles and we know that we're supposed to be being transformed from glory to glory just as by the spirit of God it's got to work it's got to work and we got to identify with the sufferings of Christ if the apostle Paul would say I want to know him more not just in the listen not just in the power of his resurrection but in the fellowship of his sufferings why? because he knows in the middle of that that's where the rubber meets the road that's where the old man dies and the new man is being glorified uh, glory to glory just by God. hallelujah Amen. so we so, so we're looking for easy things and, and you know some of those things we fear we try to go ahead and we're looking for signs wonders and miracles that will take us away from that or we're looking for, for these different things when all God is saying is come to me come to me come to me look at me Look at me. My eyes need to see God in the middle of that tribulation, in the middle of that trouble, in the middle of the kids just acting a fool, in the middle, what am I going to do? You know, this relationship, this this husband of mine, this wife of mine, you know, what am I going to do? Look at Him. Look at Him. Look at Him. Look at Him. Your help comes from the Lord. Your help. You're moving from glory to glory. This, my brothers and sisters, this is what's called about perseverance. Perseverance, character. This is building your character. Job's character was built. And Job understood something. He'd come to understand something. I heard about you. I, I, I was going by what I heard. But now I see you. Now I understand I am vile. Now, see, he went from being self-righteous... Didn't he? He was self-righteous. I'm innocent. Didn't, didn't Job start off that way? I'm innocent. He went from being self-righteous to recognizing, wow, compared to you, God, I stink. So I need, we still need to work. God, thank you for continuing to love me and to continuing to do a work with me, in me. Hallelujah. And so let's keep going. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He will not give up on you. Don't give up on Him. He will not give up on you. And just because things aren't going the word of faith way, just name it and claim it, that doesn't mean that he gave up on you. That is not correct doctrine. That is not correct theology. If it were so, you would have to rip that book out of the Bible. All of those, you would have to rip Peter out of the Bible when he says we're going to be tested and God is going to be in that test. We're going to experience fiery trials. But look what it says. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts. My brothers and sisters, God is love. We've studied that. And then those of us who were together on Wednesday, and I want to thank the uh, the, the young people again. Man, we had an awesome time. And I, re- I was blessed. You all blessed me. The young people in here blessed me. We, I just... And I couldn't shake it. I mean, all during the week, I knew that, we were, I, that the Lord was going to have me in seeing and we we're going to continue in that. But this love thing, you know, and where we were on, on, on Wednesday, I just couldn't shake it. So, okay, Lord, how does this merge? What, does, what are you doing? I mean, speak to me, Lord. And I really do believe that it's, it's going to be so simple and it's going to be not anything different than you already know or you've heard, but we just need to be reminded. In Mark chapter 4, uh, just listen and we'll read part of it. You could check it out later. But in Mark chapter 4, um, just listen as I read. On the same day when evening had come, he said, Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Then, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in a boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him saying, Teacher, teacher, don't you care that we're going to die, that we're perishing? Teacher, so get that picture. I love the picture. I work good with pictures. So they're crossing this, the lake, and, and Jesus is asleep. He's always being bombarded by people. He's, he needs to get his rest. So now he's asleep. The wind rises up. It's already filling the boat. And the apostles, they think, well, we're going to die. This is it. This is it. So they wake him up. Don't you even care? How could you sleep through this? Don't you even care that we're going to die? I love this. Verse 39. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Watch. Why are you fearful? Why are you fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Where there's fear... There's no faith. Where there's fear, they're, they're they, it's they're contrary. They, they, it, it can't exist. They cannot coexist. So why are you fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? So watch. You see how they're, to- they're operating totally in the natural. Right? They see the wind and waves. But But look at Jesus. He, Jesus... Jesus, come on, be a little bit fair. I mean, they're, 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 they see these waves, and they're, they, you know, they've, these guys, a lot of these guys, remember at least uh, four of them were fishermen. They were akin to being out on water. So, whatever this was, it had to be pretty serious because they thought they were dying. Come on now. So, Jesus, be a little bit, you know, can't you be a little bit, no. Why? Because he said, we're going to the other side. See, Jesus went to sleep because He knew He was making it to the other side. He told them, we're going to the other side. Come on now. So watch. Jesus, because of God, the Father loves me, I love the Father... I don't do anything. I don't say anything unless it comes from the Father. He knows he's on a mission. He's got to go to the other side. He knows the Father's not going to let anything happen to him. He knows he's going to make it to the other side. And so now he's communicating with them. We're going to the other side. So that's why. Where's, Where's your faith? How could you be so fearful? I told you, we're going to the other side. My brothers and sisters, what has God told you? What has he told you? What has he shown you? What? My brothers and sisters, look, if that, that's what the enemy of your soul and mind does, he's going to pop up these little distractions. He's going to pop up these things to make us be fearful so that we cannot have faith Amen. to steal that faith from us to keep our eyes off of God and to keep them on this thing, whatever this thing is. I got a bad report from the doctor. What am I supposed to do? Ignore it, Tony? No. not Don't ignore it at all. But don't keep looking at that report. Look at what the report of the Lord says. Hallelujah. Listen to what God has said. Thank you. Don't keep looking at that report. Well, this one says this about me. This one, you know, I've been rejected by this partner. I've been, you know, my, my own kids can't... Don't, don't think about what they say. What they say, about you are who God says you are, not who the world says you are, not who someone who is you happen not to be pleasing in this moment. They're going to say, no, give them what they want and then their whole attitude towards you will change. So, you know, what good is that? Come on, you guys, are. some of you have chuckled and you smile because you know what I'm saying is true. Yeah, give them what they want and then they'll like you. Give them what they want and they will talk to you nicely in front of you. Till the next thing that see that's how man men women that's how humans are. That's how we naturally are. That's not how God is. That's not who God is. God loves you. He will always love you. He will not what he said about you and what he promised to you will always be right there. Hallelujah. I'm not, we, man, we have to refuse to be distracted when the enemy of our soul tries to pop something up or just in the course of this life living on this planet living in these clay pots just in the course of this life when things happen don't look at those things keep looking at your heavenly father through Christ Jesus who loves you oh that's easy to say Tony you know what it is easy to say is it harder to do yes it is a little bit harder to do it's impossible to do if you, don't, if you don't make the time to do it. See, that's the problem with us. We, keep, we continue to be busy and say we can't. We've got excuses. We can't do it. Well, let's go back and see what Elahu says in Job when he says, you know, when you're being oppressed, then you'll find time. Then you'll find time. So maybe some of these little problems that you have, maybe if you would go ahead and address those before it's this great arm of oppression on you. You know, maybe when our kids are younger, we should be spending more time with them at church and Sunday school than letting them go ahead and be on those things, those little electronic games and gadgets. Maybe we should be doing that. Maybe we should not give them excuse to to miss church on Sunday or Wednesday. Maybe we should do that because the Bible says that we should raise them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. The Bible says, raise your child up in the way that they should go. And when they get older, oh, come on. Did you notice? I noticed when I was younger, and when my kids were younger, there were no things that were scheduled on Wednesdays or Sundays. Did you notice how that's changed now? Listen, I'm not that. I'm not going to be that kind of uh, bully type of preacher in the pulpit. Yo, know, they're all wrong. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The Prince and the Power of the Air knows exactly what he's doing. Now we have a choice. We have a choice. Do we wait until our kid has been arrested for the second time? Third time? Do we wait? And so now, I'm addressing our as it relates to our children. But what about us? Do we wait? You know, I, you know, I, I, I saw that picture pop up when I was on the, the internet. And that picture flashed. That picture that causes me to lust that picture that I have a choice right now. I could ditch this. I can go ahead and make sure that this never gets on here again. How's this getting on here? I'm bringing this to my computer guy and I'm going to make sure that this stuff never gets on here again. Or I can say, you know what? It may be time for me to spend less time on the computer and more time in this. Boy, you're sounding like a fanatic, Tony. Listen, this is what the Word of God tells us. This is, how we should, this is how we can be successful. This is how we see God. And if we see God, we don't have to worry about all of those other things that would cause us fear. You know what? I have to catch myself because God forbid anything happen to any of my kids or any of my grandkids, it would crush me. It would crush me. And I know that there are you, those of you in this room who are grandfathers, mothers, fathers, even if you're a young person, the, your father and mother, your, your, your sibling, your brother, your sister, you know, if, if, man, I don't want anything. To, I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to live with that fear because that it can sometimes overwhelm me and, may, and distract me. I remember one time one of my grandkids were sick. There was a bad report and I, I couldn't go five steps without crying. And it wasn't even a full-blown report yet. But I couldn't go five steps without getting choked up. God, don't let anything happen. God, don't let anything happen. God, don't let anything happen. I, I, I didn't know what else to do. I can't do anything. I'm not a doctor. I don't know how to heal, but I know somebody that does. Amen. So I've got to get a hold of God. I can't look at what's going wrong. I've got to look at who can fix it. Amen. Amen. God, heal this kid. you You know, I told you the testimony of my son when they found that deformity. I mean, I was broken. I was shattered. I didn't want my son to grow up that way. Thank God I just had enough spiritual sense at that point. Even though I was an immature Christian, even though I was a baby Christian, I had enough sense spiritual sense I knew enough of the word of God which said if there's any sick among you bring them to the elders of the church so I humbled myself and told those elders this is what's happening I need your help let's get can you get a hold of God with me and the doctor a few weeks later said praise the Lord there's nothing wrong with him the doctor said praise the Lord hallelujah For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind, a mind that's disciplined, a mind that's stayed on Him. Right? Isaiah 26, He will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on Him. Right? In Him is the power. In Jehovah is the power. Hallelujah. But you know what? It, see what it says there? He's given us not the spirit of fear, but of power, love. Love. Galatians 5.6 For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith. How? Working through, Working through love. See, this is so rudimentary. Love. Love. My brothers and sisters, this is all about love. God is love. Now this is where we were on Wednesday, and I know the young people are going to remember this. Beginning in verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Father, John chapter 17. The glory I now have, I give to them. Jesus, everything he did, everything he did was executed by love. Love. Even the correction that he brang, by love. To the extent that he carried out the mission and gave himself up to be tortured And executed, love. In this, the love of God was made known to us. While we were sinners, God sent His Son to die that we might live. First John four nine. As He is in this world, so are we. How? Love. Love. We love God with everything that we are, and we love each other, and even love our enemies. Verse 18, there is no fear in love. Did you hear that? There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear, fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen. I want to pause there because I know some people will qualify. Well, I don't hate them. Okay, for you that want to split the hairs a little bit, I could go into that and tell you what it really means, but let's just say it this way. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must also love his brother. All of us who have been involved in the Christian faith know God is love. But do you see what this is saying? That, listen, if you say that you love God and you don't love your brother, you really don't love God. Now, those of us who have been, uh, I'll say it this way, those of us who are veterans of the faith, not old, those of us who are the veterans of the faith and who have maybe read that scripture on and on and on. You know what? I've known that since I've been, you know, knee-high to a grasshopper in the faith. Right, God is love, and first John was this, this love chapter, the love book, and especially the fourth chapter. And so you read this and you read that, you know, I'm, I'll love my brother if you know, how can I love God who I cannot see, unless I love my brother, who I can see? And yeah, okay. But you know what? Let's, let's settle this. Let's bring this on home. This is pretty powerful, because so many of us will say that we love God but we're having a hard time loving our brother. And God says, if you don't love your brother, you can't love me. Did I make it up? You just read it. That's, if you go, now, when you go and check me out, that was read out of the New King James Version. You read your King James Version, you read any other version, and it will say that, that you can't love God unless you love your brother. Here's the other thing. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, Romans chapter 5. We're being transformed or changed from glory to glory just as by the Spirit. See, I want to tell you very nicely and with all the love that I possess as your pastor, if you consider me your pastor, the reason why these things are, you're, you're kind of stuck a little bit is because love You've allowed yourself to have you know, ill feelings towards certain people. You've picked out who you can genuinely love and who you can kind of hold a little bit of an ought or a grudge against. You've, you've allowed for yourself to go ahead and you know, let some people sin against you and it's okay. But when others do the same thing, it's not okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. See, now Watch. I've been begging and praying and for revival for years now. And I will continue to do that. And I've been teaching and preaching about the Holy Spirit's signs and wonders. And I, I long for the, the supernatural. Because it happened in the first church. It should happen in this church or his current day church. It should happen. And I'm not talking about, you know what I mean. I'm not talking about the crazy look at me stuff. I'm talking about the stuff that glorifies Jesus, the things that God gave us so that we don't have to run to the doctor every time we get a darn hangnail. That if we're sick, we do bring the the sick among us to the elders of the church and have confidence because God said there's healing in His stripes. I'm talking about miraculous signs and wonders. They should never have ceased. And they're still going on, by the way. Just not commonly among this current cultural church. Why? <laughs> love. Why? Because faith works by love. If you, listen, if you say that you have a lot of faith, but you can't love it, your, your brother, then it, your faith, that's not real faith. Did I lose anybody? I'm reading the Word. You're, you're studying the Word. So I can say that I have all of this faith. As a matter of fact, if I go ahead and I can turn... 1 Corinthians chapter 13 I could read just what I was just about going to say to you that I could claim to have all of this faith but if I don't have love it means nothing so I love a lot of my brothers who say how faithful and how powerful they are and I want to say sometimes God may be using you despite you because that person has more faith than you may my brothers and sisters God loves us unconditionally and he wants us to love each other unconditionally and until we do, you know, we can say that we have this, we have that, and we are this and we are that, but until we do, we're not going to see those signs, wonders, and miracles that they saw. And we could beg God for signs, miraculous signs, supernatural signs. And then know what happens to us? We we go ahead and we look at things. Ooh, that was a sign. Ooh, this this happened. That was a sign. Ooh, that happened. That was a sign. No. Maybe, 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 maybe it was. But you know how you could be sure? Are you walking in love? Are you reading? Are you first in love with God? Are you first seeking God, getting into the Word of God and seeking Him with everything that you are? Are you making sure that, listen, God is not second place to anything or anybody in your life? Is that happening? And then those people around you, those who claim to be your brothers and sisters, are you loving them? Now Jesus claimed, or Jesus commanded, I should say, that we should love our enemy. This, however, says to us we need to love our brother if we don't love our brother. let's See, that's what I said on Wednesday. Look, Jesus commanded us to love our enemies. Let's start small. <laughs> let's practice by loving our brother and sister. Let's, let's conquer that first. Let's, let's allow God to work that out in us first. Are you with me? See, I, I got the sense that, this is a, that, that all of a sudden this message took a little turn. I got that little, I'm getting that little vibe from y'all, that maybe this message, it's not quite as exciting as you thought it might be when we start talking about Job and his troubles, start talking about supernatural stuff. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, you give me all the supernatural, you can be levitating and doing all... You do all that stuff. If you don't have love, I ain't in it. I ain't interested in it. You can talk in all the tongues you want. You're just making noise according to the Bible if you don't have love. You can tell me about my life, about their life, and what's going to happen yonder out there. You can tell me about this, that, and the other thing. If you have no love, I ain't listening. Hallelujah. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long. It's kind. Here's what it doesn't do because I'm more informed, my brothers and sisters, in this current culture that we live in, by what love doesn't do. Here's what it doesn't do. It doesn't envy. Man, there are some of us that can't look upon somebody else's new this or new that and not feel like we need to have one. In fact, I will tell you that Madison Avenue is just absolutely cashing. That's how they, they get to put it out in front of you, so you lust after it. And if the neighbor has it, you've got to get it even all the more. Love doesn't parade itself. It's not puffed up, man. There's no. Is there any humility left among human beings? Why do you say that, Tony? Again, I've said it before from this pulpit. And I'm going to say it again. I love when we have guests, and I get to repeat some stuff. This is the age of the selfie. I don't care what you're eating for dinner right now. You don't have to put it on Facebook. You don't have to put every moment of every activity. You don't, I don't need to see it. I love you, but live your life. But we're so... And then I, I see this other thing now. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm a little bit outdated. Not old. I'm, let's just say, I'm technically challenged. On the, now, tell me, you tech-savvy folks, isn't there something on the phone that you can actually, when you take your picture, you could change your appearance a little bit, make yourself better looking than you really are? Let's just say it like that. Is there? Is that exist? What? Called, called called, how do we know that? <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Think about that. So think about that. Not enough. I'm going to make sure that you got my picture plastered on your phone or on your computer. I'm going to make me look a little bit better. Just so you can be jealous. So you can envy me. Come on now. See, where have we gone? Now, I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters, that's not love. That's not love. Love does not behave rudely. I am so glad that I, and I am so happy that I think that among us, among this small congregation, that none of you have ever, I've never seen any of you behave rudely at all, and you are always loving and kind to each other, and you always welcome guests. I'm so grateful for that. And and you know what? But what about chivalry? I know, you know, I don't see many men opening up doors, and I know I'm getting a little off here, but how about men opening up doors for women? How about when you go through? Man, I am so happy, especially with some older folks. When when I'm yesterday, just for when we went out, there were people. I, there were a guy. There was a poor guy. He stood by that door, holding it open at a restaurant for almost everybody. He couldn't get away. But I was so happy to see someone who actually cared that much. And some of you are that guy. So then they. Oh man, go ahead and go. No, no, let me stay here. I finally found something I'm good at. A doorstop. I'm so glad Michelle What in here. <laughs> Love does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It's not selfish. <laughs> it's not provoked. See, uh, let, me, let me park just here just a little bit. My brothers and sisters, in our relationships, let's talk specifically now as it relates to husbands and wives. I've confessed this to you before. Sometimes if I get a little upset, I'd be more apt to be a little bit rude to Michelle than I would to be a stranger. That's not right. Michelle's my wife, by the way. That's not right. That's not right. I know she's going to forgive me and there's a certain expectation and all that, but it's not right. You know? Uh, In relationships with each other, not even just marriage or or, or relationships, we, we have no right to be rude to any of... and and, and not be selfish in a relationship. That's not love. So, are we seeing the power of God flow in us, among us? Not really. Not like it did in that early church. Those people were willing to sell everything that they had. Don't get nervous. Those people were willing to sell everything that they owned and share it amongst each other so that everybody was taken care of. Wow. Wow. That's the kind of love, my brothers and sisters, that faith works by. Where you could say, you got an ailment? Let's pray. Brothers, let's pray. Steve's got a problem. We're going to pray. He's going to be healed. They did the signs and wonders that were done through them and by them were, so, were very unusual. But so was the love. My brothers and sisters, it's going to take an agape, it's going to take a supernatural love to produce supernatural results. Oh, that was good. I hope somebody wrote that down. In your heart. In your heart. So whether you're married, or whether you're just a sibling, brother and sister, brother and brother, sister and sister, no matter what it is, man, cut each other some slack. See, because that's this other thing. Is, is not provoked. Why are we so thin-skinned about everything? Why do we let little stuff bother us? And then, you know, certain people we hold, again, to a higher standard. If that person says it, you know, I could, I could just shrug it off. But if this person says it, I'm going to hold it against them. That's wrong. That's about you, not about them. So if we have, if we're, listen, if we're acting that way, can we say that we love God? When I read 1 John, my brothers and sisters, it it tears me up on the inside. When I read that, and then I see how maybe some, how maybe I've treated some people. And I sometimes am selfish about some things. Come on now. Boy, it's really quiet in here. No, no, I'm not trying to be, listen, I'm not trying to be funny, but but, but I hope it's because you're thinking. And I hope it's because you're thinking this way. God, I do love you. I do love you, God. So I need to improve there. Help me. Because, listen, because Pastor Tony said it, and now you got to go look it up. Romans chapter 5. The love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So God, I need more of your love. Holy Spirit, I need for you to explode my heart with love for my brother. So look, listen church, can we start with each other? Can we start with our brothers and sisters and those that are closest to us? Can we do that? And then work our way up to our enemies? Can can we do that? Can we work our way up to our enemies? Can we start here in our homes? Can we start in this church? Can we forgive each other? Can you, listen, for whatever whatever it is that you're holding against somebody right now, whatever ought, it may, well, that's not an odd you know, it's just, well, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it, can you just go ahead and let it go? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Perfect love casts out fear. I want to stop being a pushover for the enemy. I want to stop the enemy from just making things happening, make me fearful and change a little bit how I'm worshiping God. Change some of the things that I'm doing. I want that. So what am I going to do about it? I'm going to act in love. I'm going to love people like I've not loved them before. First, I'm going to get that through the relationship that I have with my God I'm going to love God I'm going to spend time with God I'm going to, you know what I've got a whole, you don't know pastor my job I know I'm going a little long just hang pastor you don't know my job is so demanding I've got the kids I got this my brothers and sisters. make time for God because it will never get better until you do. Make time for God show God how much you love him by saying God I've got no time but the time that I do have right now is yours you, It's yours and give him your time And then watch I have I, I just know that our God is loving he's kind he's merciful He is able to multiply your time You give Him something. That's how our God is. You give Him something and He he multiplies it back and gives it back to you. Hallelujah. Can the praise team come on? We'll we'll sing a song and if you have to leave, you can leave. Can the praise team come on? We'll probably sing Behold again. If you want to come back, if you want to, great. If you don't, that's great. Whatever you want to do. The praise team can come.